Welcome back to another episode of Hot to Trot. But before, check out our new merch. I'm sure you're jealous of our hoodies right now as you're watching this. Hot to Trot merch. We have long sleeves and hoodies, all made by Ashley. Yep, I worked really hard and slaved over these hoodies and long sleeves to get the designs right, get the sizes right. So message us, uh, email us if you want some hoodies, sweatshirts. Pricing is like between $30 and $40 plus shipping, but we love to get them out to you. And then if you're at a track or an event near us, we'll just hand deliver them to you. Hey, we don't care. We're just trying to get it out there. But yep, official merch now. All right, so make sure to check out our merch, but we also have an exciting episode this week. We have from the viral TikTok house themselves, the Tratter house, we have Nick Luciano and Roy Dingus here. We're so excited to sit down with them and learn a little bit about social media because, you know, our TikTok game's okay, but it could be better. Yeah, these guys have gone viral so many times and they're pretty good dancers. So I'm hoping that they can help me with my dancing because Donnell... We know I'm not hitting on the dancing. I'm making the weird faces. I got the weird hand movements. My dancing game really needs to be stepped up. You would have never known I was a cheerleader in high school. Oh God, I'd love to see those days. I can't dance worth anything, but you know what? We try and that's what matters. Yes, pat us on the back for at least trying. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're happy. That's what matters. We're having fun. That's what it's all about. Yep. But let's get into this episode and I hope you guys enjoy. Nick and Roy, welcome to Hot to Trot. We're so excited to have you guys today. Tell us a little bit about Tratter House for our followers that don't know what that is or what you guys kind of do. Uh, yeah, Tratter House is basically started out as a group of uh, guys like two years ago. Uh, so originally started out as a, a group called Tratter Gang. And that was like two years ago during COVID. And then... Um, then we decided to move in together to create a content house in the beginning of 2022. And yeah, we just came together. We had a big name sponsor and our goal was just to make, you know, funny country content to bring smiles to people and also uplift the, the Western country communities the best we can. So it's been a whirlwind of a ride, but basically the goal is just a group of, of guys making fun content and inspiring people the best we can. Yeah, you guys have what over probably 8 million followers combined. Like how what made you take off and gain all these followers? Well, I think Blake was the one who like founded Tratters and he basically that's what Tratter is is built off of is his his saying that made him go viral. So when he was, you know, uh in his room, he has this collection of toy tractors and he would do this skit as like talking in a little kid voice and call them tratters and the way he would go about it was just so funny and it just took off overnight and then another guy online his name is zach richard he was able to do the same kind of kid voice and those two together just took off and gained millions of followers in like two weeks and at that point blake and i had already been friends and i said hey let's collab right and then me, Blake, Zach got together, we collabed, and then it turned into this, you know, just group of Tratter guys now. So that's how we're no we're just known as the Tratter guys. <laughs> Roy, how did you meet Nick? 
Uh, I met Nick, uh, I think, nine years ago at a rodeo in Pennsylvania because Nick's originally from Maryland. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, so uh, that's how I met Nick. What part of Pennsylvania? Uh, South Central, a little town called Dillsburg. I am from Shrewsbury. Oh, uh, yeah, I know exactly where, where you're at. Nick, what part of Maryland are you from? Cecil County. I know where Cecil County. When you're yeah. from Shrewsbury, I'm right on the line. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you do everything in Maryland. Yeah. Everybody calls it Cecil Tucky. <laughs> it's pretty country down there. <laughs> yeah. There's a wrestling camp down there we go to. So. Yeah. So, Roy, obviously, you know harness racing. You were in it. Like, tell everyone a little bit about your backstory. And then, Nick, when you learned about harness racing and you've done match races and stuff, like, what was your first reaction and thoughts on harness racing? So, so obviously, I grew up in the business and did that all my life, along with the riding bulls professionally. So, but I always came back to the harness world and I actually still own a couple. Uh, my brother, he's still in it. No, it's, uh, I, I think the last, uh, last job I had was 2021 20, before I moved to Texas. Uh, I was working for Chris Beaver and, uh, what a good guy, by the way. Uh, but anyway, uh, I said, you know, I got to do something else. Uh, I just wanted to do something else. Uh, the harness racing was taking a, a toll on my body and, uh, I was just ready to leave. So Nick called me up, said, Hey, uh, need some help. So I moved in there. Uh, he needed help with his merch line actually. And, uh, so I moved to Texas. I got threw into a, a house full of TikTokers. I said, you know what? I might as well join them. So yeah, that was, that, that was interesting. Roy, you guys know Roy being a shy and reserved guy. And now he's, now he's dancing on the internet. So yeah, I don't dance anymore. anymore. Um, I you know, did this last you, night. When? Oh yeah. I was, well, yeah, with my dog. No, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, originally I was, you know, I was working on my own brand, Lou Channel Western Wear, and really, Roy is really good with partnerships and developing, you know, good business relationships, especially within the Western world, because he knows who is who. And um, so I called him up. I was like, hey, I want your help with, like, partnerships and and, you know, shipping out merch and everything like that. And then he slowly got involved in Tratter House and then started making content with BMO and then became the dad of the group. And, you know, he, our followers kind of bowled over to his. And, uh, you know, he's got 330,000 followers now, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, we go by, we get sponsored by Ariat, and then we have a harness racing deal come up. And I had never really... I've always seen it, and I, I've I've been to their like a one or two races before we actually got together with uh, U.S. Trotton, because I'm used to like you know rodeo horses, western horses, quarter horses. I was never really exposed to you know trotters or pacers, and I thought it was really cool how like the difference in horsemanship, and I, I just I loved watching the horsemanship too. So I don't know. My first reaction was that it was really cool. I was really confused because I didn't know who was who and I didn't know how to better race. <laughs> but the more you learn, the more you get interested. And then when you get into it, you start betting and then you find yourself out on the side of the track screaming at the horses to win. So, <laughs> that is how it works, yeah. really. Can I add something here? It, it just came to mind. So I want to know your thoughts uh, because Nick and I go back and forth. You, of course, you have the harness drivers who have their own colors. 
right? So when you're watching a race, you know where they are, right? Thoroughbreds, they have, they wear the owner's colors or, you know, whatever. And Nick said, oh, harness racing should be that way. I said, well, if I'm watching Mike Smith or, or Luis Saez, I, I don't, I don't know where he is in the race until I look at the screen and say, oh, there's the eight horse. You know, if they had their own colors, I think it would be so much more like personable. Uh, coming from a harness world. Yeah. Well, with thoroughbred, I mean, we look at the saddle towels and I do the mm. same for harness too. I look for your saddle towels and the color, like before I look at the colors on the driver or the colors on the jock. Like I can't see that far, but I can see the saddle towel that is, you know, the red one and see where he is in the pack. The only one like I have problems seeing on the back stretch is usually like the white, the white saddle cloth, but other because of all their jockey yeah. pants are white. So see, I like the harness way like that. That's that driver's colors. That's their bike. You know who they are. And then it also throws me off that the thoroughbred numbers aren't the same color as the harness numbers. Yeah. So like one, two, like it, it mixes me up every time I watch a race and it drives me insane. Yeah. I get mixed up too. I'll have to keep looking down at my program when I'm watching <laughs> yeah. like a harness race because I'm going right for the thoroughbred colors like instantly. But I don't know. I like the colors on the jockey, like the silks, because I feel like it gives the owner something. I feel like, you know, the owners are very behind the scenes, but they're funding this whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, and them being able to design and have like their own silks is kind of a nod to them and the, you know, them actually being a part of the race, being, you know, their design and their silks are out there on the track too. Yeah. It also yeah. helps that the jockeys are small and the same size drivers, yeah. not all of them oh, are yeah. the same size. Yeah. But the devil's advocate to that though, uh, do you then take away from the drivers when you put the owner's colors on? I don't know. Like I don't mind when I see owner's colors on the drivers since they've tried that out now a little bit, but I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just strictly a marketing brain, right? So in my head, someone from the outside, how do they view the sport that have never seen it? Specifically me, when I never seen it. Like you said, you guys have been in it, and you get confused on which color is which. I just think the color coordination could be a little better for people to understand what actually going on. Because me walking in there, and I just see all these different colors, and I'm like, what? Whose horse? What is what? You know, and I, like, for example, and that's why like PBR teams, they did what they did by putting teams together and having all the riders wear one specific jersey. That way you can know, oh, that's the Austin Gamblers. I can walk in and be like, that's the Austin Gamblers. They're green. All right. And that just depends if like, do you want the farm to have more recognition or do you want the driver to have more recognition? Right. And I think it's a different kind of dynamic considering that the driver is racing for the farm it's not like a team aspect for example so it, it it there's kind of i could see both ways i just think from my perspective someone who hasn't seen it the colors are a little confusing <laughs> i get that i don't know i've always liked the tradition of harness how like the families have variations of the different designs on the colors i've always thought that's like super interesting and then like your helmets are literally like pieces of art mm -hmm. if you look at them like those designs are so crazy like i feel like my artsy side loves harness racing more than <laughs> thoroughbred because they really get to like come up with their own design and look and 
I don't know. I just love those like pinstripes and those intricate designs mm-hmm. on the helmet. Agreed. I feel like a badass when I put some colors on. <laughs> I know. I loved your videos <laughs> on that and your colors, which like you yeah. guys did obviously go to the Meadowlands and worked with U.S. Trotting. What like results did you see and why did you think that was good for racing? Because obviously you got a ton of views of people that have never seen the sport. Yeah, I was looking at numbers the other day. Uh, when we actually, when we were setting this up to go there, we were talking to the USTA and they were saying that, hey, if we get 500,000 views for harness racing, because that was, that was their objective to expose harness racing to a different demographic, to, to hit it to people that, that don't know harness racing. And when it was all said and done, we, we got about 8 million views for harness racing. And like I tell everybody, there was, we had that celebrity race at the Meadowlands. Uh, there was people in Saskatchewan, Washington, uh, all in the West tuning in to the Meadowlands live feed to watch, to watch us race and to watch the, the big races. That's actually interesting because I have one of the questions I wanted to ask you is what do you think is more important when you guys develop content impressions or engagement? I think on like they're both like really important. I think the impressions as far as reach is it's quantifiable, but you can't really you never really know how like it's going to affect somebody. So I get messages all the time like I'm a silent follower. Like if I'll put something out that's encouraging, I'm a silent follower, but I love this message. I love this side of you. So impressions, you never know who you're going to reach, but engagement, our average engagement rate is like 9%. So anytime we put something out, 9% of our audience is going to engage with it which on social media that's a that's a great number uh, especially when we have over 10 million followers combined you know so we put out a piece of content you know every company that we work with if we do like kind of a weekend deal or a week-long deal i can guarantee like a million impressions uh a million impressions plus right <laughs> and from that 10 percent, that's a lot of people that are engaging with the content through all of our platforms whether it's snapchat instagram facebook tiktok um, it's just, it's just cool to see because, um, not only is it like a different demographic, but it's people that had no idea that this sport even existed, you know, and just seeing us in like these colors and, and just doing different things. Like they don't even know what a, a race bike is and like just sparking curiosity just simply through a video is that is, I think worth its weight in gold, you know? So. Agreed. I thought it was great. And obviously all the views that always helps just exposing and showing that harness racing and racing in general is out there. But how did you decide what content to post? Like, do you kind of plan out your post and sounds or do you just kind of like whatever comes to you works? We're just strictly organic. Like if you try to script us, it's like, it's no, like we can script ourselves, but like we get on scene, we get sight on scene. We're like, this would be funny. Let's just go for it. And sometimes it turns out great. Sometimes it, it's a flop. I mean, that's the creative process. Like we're at the NFR and we decided to do these like girl skits at the <laughs> NFR because me and Blake, like that's just us. Like when the camera's off, we're just like goofy, like out of pocket kind of stuff. And then we record it like and then we, we also but we do have a business side. We, we see what's trendy. We see what's engaging. We see what the algorithm is selecting versus what it's not favoring. And then we kind of go from there because like, for example, like when we're in our colors, right. You know, there's some trendy, like 
quick little things that we can pump out very fast because you never know it's going to go viral versus something that's more educational. But in the end, we like to have a mix of entertainment and education. The, the blend of those two is what really it sparks engagement. Definitely. I loved your NFR girl shopping trip. It was, I was cracking yeah. up. It was so was true. Like, That's why. Yeah. yeah Those guys can do the voices. I said, uh, give me the camera. You guys do your thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's a testament to like like how effective TikTok is, right? Mm -hmm. And since we've been on the platform, it's like those videos, I would say one out of every two people that came to our booth said, oh, I love your videos. I found you from your videos. And people don't realize that the reach that you have, if you do it correctly and not so markety, people will want to come literally in person to meet you. Yeah. And that is literally, um, you know, the power of of the algorithm and that's what i think i would love to do with with harness racing is create that fun energy and create that fun organic you know uh content that makes people want to come to the track you know i think we need to put you guys on a pennsylvania horse racing tour since we do the thoroughbreds <laughs> and the harness racing just take you a little bit of everywhere that'd be fun because you guys have done a lot of traveling this year oh, we've been everywhere oh yeah from oregon to germany to i mean we've all over the place. Yeah, I put 60,000 miles on my truck last year. That's, That's insane. Yeah. So we thought we traveled a lot. We just <laughs> have to travel across the state. I mean, Pennsylvania's not <laughs> small, but. What's been the wildest or funnest thing you guys have done since being in the content house? Ooh. I, I, I think uh, all the doors that's open, like meeting people from the harness racing world to, to all the world champion uh rodeo people to to like bailey zimmerman uh cory can't like all the big uh country singers uh yeah it's it's crazy where this this whole social media thing has taken us i mean so many doors opened and and you get to meet so many people that you would would never do just doing it like a nine to five i think the craziest thing is obviously when we go to national ffa convention or any ffa convention the lines to meet us are insane. And I think it's, but my favorite part about that is hearing the stories from the mm -hmm. actual students because it, it kind of solidifies why we do what we do because I've get so many stories about, you know, how potentially like I saved their life. Like my content was something that made them smile when they really needed it. And, you know, mental health is a big topic and we put out content to make people feel good. Right. And I think that is my favorite part about it. And I think that will pretty much outweigh any celebrity or big experience I could ever get. If I can make an impact in somebody's life to to smile or turn their life around to be better. Every time I hear that, I'm I'm just ecstatic because I, I, I was on a Zoom call last night with my I run a mental health uh, uh, organization on one of my platforms. And I had a life coach come on and this one girl came on and she said, I just want to thank you guys because ever since like I, I joined this group, I've I've been good at setting boundaries. I've been more confident in clothes I want to wear, and I just feel like I took the power back in my life. And I was borderline like crying because I'm like, that's that's what it's all about. Like the views and everything is so cool, but if I can help somebody take their power back or have more faith in themselves, that's 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 just awesome. So, well, what's the name of that organization that you run? It's called Club Bulletproof because my slogan is Bulletproof Mindset. 
So it's just a mental health or mental health organization where you come to kind of get community. Um, if you don't have anybody near you, we have farmers and ranchers that live 60 miles from town and have no friends. So we'll do like a movie night and watch a Western movie or a funny movie. We'll do, uh, we did a secret Santa because like not a lot of people have people that give them gifts. Um, it's just all about community and, and just building up your mental health one step at a time. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's been fun. Well, I think it's really important like what you guys are doing. I think it's great. Um, I'm a marketing communications person at my heart. And then like, I was a fan of horse racing. So I, I think, you know, social media is where it is and our industry and horse racing has kind of, we're getting there. We're slowly getting there, but there's been some resistance uh, for the social media and actually understanding like how much it actually drives, you know, new fans to the industry or new people to invest in the industry. So I think it's really important that we hone this in with the racetracks and our stakeholders and our horsemen and even like the individual drivers and jockeys, like start building up your content you have a presence, people are looking. And I think you guys are a great story of that. Um, would you like to give any advice to people who are thinking about, you know, trying to start going viral or, you know, making some content for the industry? Yeah, teach me your ways. <laughs> I need to go viral. Yeah, we want to basically, secretly, we're asking, please tell us how we can do better. <laughs> I think uh, for me, it's, it's there's a secret sauce to it right there like anybody can go viral but maintaining virality and engagement is the secret sauce so like for example i'll just start with this like when we went to uh where was the place in kentucky roy oak uh oak grove oak grove yeah, yeah. uh for example i was the only like roy uh, roy was walking around with three cameras on him right and it wasn't to just like say, oh, who's this guy? It was just to capture some some fun stuff. So I think one, like re recording always is is a good thing, right? Because you never know what kind of moments you're going to catch. And I think a lot more drivers should just, whether it's like their wife or their friend, just have have them record because any moment could be a, a good moment to put on TikTok or especially with these algorithms because these algorithms, especially TikTok, are built for like instantaneous reach like you never know what is going to happen so that's why like when i go when we went to um when we go to different places we request that we be there like kind of two three days early because the algorithm will catch up on like your location and push it out to people local in the area that's one thing um and then the secret sauce is like if you do have a viral moment how do you capitalize on that viral moment to make another piece of content right so, for example, like my viral moment was a, a, a sugar crash song. It, that's what people call it. It's a lip sync, right? And I did it in front of a mountain in Montana. And people love the scenery. So now you take that viral moment and you repeat it. Let me do it in front of a mountain in Oregon. Let me do it in front of a mountain in Colorado. <laughs> and it's all about just taking that. How could you one up and keep it going along the same, same lines? That was similar with my transitions. I'll do a transition that like is really good and then people it goes viral but if you don't follow up on it you aren't going to retain that that engagement so um yeah 
I, there, there's I could go on and on about social media strategy, but all, all, all I think I think to start in the harness racing world, I think people just need to get more comfortable in front of a camera and just get it out of your head that it's got to be perfect because social media industry has strayed far from glossed over and polished edits and perfection. So if you have a funny moment and you're laughing, all, I it, to me it's like if you're laughing while you're recording it most likely somebody else is going to laugh while you're watching it. So why not post it? You know, I think we all laugh whenever I try and dance. So. <laughs> we, yeah, it's always good. We're a little awkward, but you know, the awkward's kind of funny, so it's fine. And Nick always tells me just, just keep pumping it out. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, I don't care. You put five, six, five, six TikToks out a day. I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, but uh, it does work. Yeah. I really think we should like set up a conference like with you guys. We should get something going where we can invite anyone in the industry with horse racing to sit down virtually and give them like a social media marketing conference where they can learn something and take Mm -hmm. away, you know, because it's intimidating for Mm -hmm. these guys. It's very intimidating to put yourself out there, understand it. They're like, what do you mean an algorithm? I didn't go to school for this. I'm like, well, I might have went to school for this, but I didn't learn about algorithms for social media when I was in college. Yeah. And I think people like when you were at Oak Grove, like they were excited to see you guys and like see the cameras out. And like you always see people like pop in to try to get in the video kind of thing. So like it is something that people want to be part of and do. I just think we need to get better as an industry pumping out our content and showing off the horses and the people inside the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, Roy, is there a particular like TikTok video or video that you've done that you that's like your favorite? Uh, there is. I mean, it, it did really well. I got a couple hundred thousand, but um, it's definitely not a viral moment. But like uh, my favorite is the, the golf club. When we were at Top Golf, my buddy slid it across and I caught it and it just hit the ball. Uh, that's my favorite one. But uh yeah, my my viral one is the transition that Nick did. Mm. He actually did it first, and then I, I I just copied it, and it went viral. So the transition one was good. Yeah. I like that one. That's probably my favorite of you two. I think that one's just good quality, great stuff. Yeah, great like, work. Yeah, and it's all like yeah. it's it's all is uh I'm I'm a creative heart. So like any kind of video that I like to see that I like to do, I will try it out. Right. Cause I want to see if I can make it. I, like I just, I've, I'm like a an artist with a pen to paper. But it, me, it's all with cameras and stuff. Um, but I view all that stuff as like top funnel, right? So when you look at marketing, like what is your, what is your big super funnel? And all those viral moments are going to be your top funnel. But like I said, that secret sauce is how you take those viral moments and funnel them down to like your Instagram, your TikTok, to your website, to harness racing, to uh, whatever you got going on. So that's also a big part of our marketing strategy is like just using very viral like material to spark engagement and then taking whatever flame they have and pushing it to wherever, you know, we want them, you know? Yeah. I I think with horse racing, the days, uh, I mean, of course me and uh, Donnell and I have, we grew up in the business. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a family thing, but, the days of people jumping the fence to get in to watch horse racing, they're gone, you know? So ever since I was a kid to, to even today, 
everyone says, well, we got to do something different, but yet nobody does anything different. Uh, you know, they say, oh, we got to help uh, horse racing, but nobody does anything. I mean, when you advertise, who sees it? The people already in the business. So, I mean, you're not reaching anybody. So I, I think social media is the way to go. It's the only way to to expose the sport. Yeah, I, I do too. I agree with that. I mean, gone are the days. I mean, we just did buy some billboards, but really, who's really looking at billboards and how do you actually quantify that engagement when someone drives by a billboard? Did they really see it? Do they, do they look and go home and look up the website? So, I mean... I think looking at social media and like the new digital realm of marketing, you can actually track people and see if they're doing what you want them to do. Are they going to the website? Are they staying on your website? At what pages are they going to? It's definitely, I think it's easier to be in marketing today than, you know, before because we have quantifiable numbers with analytics. So mm-hmm. I, we could just talk social media strategy all day like you said i yeah i like this stuff but, but i think i i think too it's like there's a stigma around social media and i like i don't understand i mean i do understand it but a lot of people just aren't comfortable in front of a camera because they're in their own heads right and that's a, a lot of the stuff too is like a lot of people want to do social media a lot of people want to build their own brands they want to have a voice but they're too scared because they they're they're afraid of judgment online and i think that's what like a lot of like not just the harness racing but just a lot of folks are afraid of and i think you know just to take your approaches like dude it's if you are that passionate and that you know willing to have a voice then go ahead and do it regardless what what anybody thinks because i mean I have a lot of people that like, if you don't know where to start, just start at social media. Like there's no perfect strategy, right? People have gone viral for just standing in the mirror and dancing, right? <laughs> like there's not like, there's like, we're, we're gone are the days of perfection anymore too. So I think a lot of people just need to realize that it doesn't need to be perfect. Just start like, and, and I think, I don't mean to be harsh when I say this, but I think it's very selfish to not do something to further an entire organization. Because you are, you are fur- like, if you're a driver, yeah, you're furthering yourself, but you're also exposing the whole, whole sport, you know? Yeah. So. Well, we're going to put you guys in the hot seat now. Yeah, but hold on. I got to take my dog's bones from them before we do the hot seat because it's too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was bullet. Was it bullet? No, it's not bullet. Uh, no bullet sleeping. <laughs> at least they're not barking. <laughs> okay. They're really bad. Sorry. Bullet so behaved. I need him. All he does yeah, is sleep. Sleeping. I they're right. just no, they just plays. are havoc, which Roy knows. Oscar's tail's a weapon and he used to play with Roy all day long. It is. Yeah, I love Oscar. I'm gonna send him all to right. Texas. <laughs> play date. All right, are you ready for the hot seat? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. What is the hardest thing you have ever done? Oh, is this for both of us or just yeah, one both, at a time? Both. The hardest <laughs> thing I've ever done? Oh Lord. Um I would I would say uh um rewiring my brain to 
make sure that I can do whatever I set my mind to. Hmm. Roy boy. Yeah. Probably my hardest thing is probably uh, driving a horse for Donnell. It probably I would agree. So so much pressure. <laughs> I'm I will yell at no, a driver. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you will. But now uh, probably the social media thing. I mean, you know, you get some hate comments and you're like, Man, what am I doing? Like, you know, it kinda hits you but but you have to get over that and, and keep on driving on. So I, I think starting up this whole social media thing, that's probably the hardest thing I've done. Okay, what wild animal would you like to tame and keep as a pet? A giraffe. <laughs> what? I like giraffes. You, you, know giraffe? cool, you know how cool it would be to just like take your giraffe on a walk in the park? Oh, yeah. that would, You'd yeah. be the coolest person ever. Exactly. Um, me, uh, probably, a, probably a cat. Like, uh, I don't know, what? maybe a mountain lion or something. Oh, yeah. okay. They're wild. <laughs> Yeah, they'd eat you, but it'd be a great pet. I guess you're taming <laughs> it, so. Yeah. All right, this one's for both of you. Um, who is one of your heroes, and why did they inspire you? Mm. My dad. My dad inspired me business-wise because I watched him kind of take his business from nothing to multi-million dollar business. So seeing that was a, as a little kid kind of inspired me that I, I can do anything I, I want to do so yeah I would I would say my my grandma and my mom pretty much the same person uh they just led by example you know uh that thing you don't need to set the rules when you set the example and just the kindest people I know so probably probably my mom and grandma Aww. what would you most like to know about the future if you could know one thing in your future what would it be Ooh. I, I I don't yeah I don't know that that's one of the questions like do you want to know the future mm, that was my the only thing I would like to the only thing I would like <laughs> to know is like when specifically my trucks would break down <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that way yes. I can like I'm going out this day I know like you know my tires are gonna go out or like you know something's gonna happen so I should be prepared. Because I hate car trouble. That is like my, my, like, it's just so annoying when it happens. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so that's just like a huge pet peeve. Anything else, like, I don't really like to worry about the future because tomorrow's never promised. But something like car trouble would be just, that'd be, that'd be a nice gift from God. <laughs> don't you have uh, triple A? Yeah, Nick don't know how to change the tire. He calls somebody. Me no, either. I got, I got roadside <laughs> assistance. What are you talking about? I don't know how to change a tire. I got that triple A. You get a good discount too. Yeah. Don't know if your dad heard that. Oh, listen, dad's <laughs> bought me so many tires. He's had it with me in the curbs. I got a lecture like a week ago when I got a flat tire. I, I it's not good. Those curbs. <laughs> All right. What is the best junk food you think has ever been created? Cookie dough. 100% cookie dough. Mm. Oh, yeah. I have to agree with that. That's a weakness. Mm. Yeah, good call on that one. What are you picking as your last meal? Steak. 100% <laughs> and nice. I don't want, like, if I could, I'd probably get, like, a 12-ounce filet, a nice 
chunky filet, medium rare, with wild rice and steamed vegetables. So and a, healthy. And, 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 a, and a peach alani. You've thought about this. Yeah, yeah. Mine would be something from Jeff Ruby's. I don't know if you ever did Jeff Ruby's, but that that sushi they got, like the Godfather roll, or what is it, the Ruby roll? Unbelievable. So if you get to Jeff Ruby's, try it out. You and Tony with your Jeff Ruby's. Oh, no, you've been there, right? No, I didn't go when I went to Oak Grove. Have you never been there? No, Tony had to ship home and we didn't end up uh, going. Tony got me. That's the best. I know. I missed out. This next meet, we'll have to go. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be there. Which of your five senses would you rather lose? Oh, man. <laughs> Probably smell, I would think. Mm. I mean, if you lose smell, can you still taste? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you you taste smell. stronger. If you lose the sense, all the other ones get stronger. Probably smell then. But I don't know. Smell is directly correlated to taste. I don't know. <laughs> if you had three wishes, what would they be? Um, I would wish for my mom to um, just be a little bit more empowered. I wish my mom would uh, value herself after her kids. So that's one because she sent, she kind of sense lose a sense of value, and I I love to help her about it. But one I I wish my mom would basically come to empower herself again after kids. Um, what else? That's a hard one. That hot seat is like very difficult. You guys go really deep. <laughs> I'd be like rich, health, just rich again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So my first one would be my mom. And then I would wish that um, I would wish that we could like mental like mental illness was easier to to deal with because I feel like we're plagued with a mental illness throughout the nation and I feel like if we we could be mm -hmm. get better at that then everything would get better and then I, I I don't know I'd probably just want a nice side by side I don't know. <laughs> Roy, do you have three wishes? Well, I, I think I'm with Donnell. Like, uh, money, for one, take care of everybody. That's mm. that's a good one. Uh, three, I don't know. But there is there is one wish that his, his, that I've carried for a long, long time. And Donnell, you know it, but my brother had a horse in the Hamiltonian in 2011 and made a break. He hit the gate, made a break, and I'll never forget the look on his face. Like, it it broke my heart. So my one wish always was to to get him a horse to put him back in the Hamiltonian. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've said I've said that for years. So let's do it. If, yeah. So that's two, but that's that's my my biggest wish. You should wish for a new hip too. <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh that's great because I, I think I go back to the last question the hardest thing he's ever done is probably wake up every morning I know that hip gets a little worse every year <laughs> it does <laughs> Aww. 
Sorry, they're really picking on you. We should get that's you okay. like that's a walker. What, that's what Roy's for. <laughs> yeah, Roy's used to we'll being get, picked on. Yeah, all my life. We'll get you a nice walker. <laughs> we're just to use in the morning till you get moving, get it loosened up. Yeah, we were thinking about all the followers we have set up a GoFundMe and like if 35,000 people can give a dollar, I could get a new hip. Yeah, Ooh, just a nice okay. hip replacement, brand new. We're yeah, manifesting it. <laughs> yeah. A hip and a horse. Mm-hmm. Prayers are on the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one. If you could pick one TV show to live inside of for a week, what TV show would it be? Friends. Mm-hmm. 100%. Friends. Easy. It'd be so fun. I know. I'd want to live with Joey Ooh. and Chandler. <laughs> yeah, we'd be chilling. <laughs> TV show. I don't know. TV show. What about a movie? Okay, pick a movie. That's boring. It's the same uh, two hours every day. Uh, Twilight. Ooh, you want to be a vampire? Yeah, I want to be a vampire. I see you more as a wolf, right? <laughs> no, I want. No, I want to be a. I want to be a. A vampire. And live forever. Not a bad vampire, a good vampire. Yeah, like Edward Cullen. Yeah, I like it. That'd be cool. I guess that is a cool answer. Mm-hmm. I'd want superpowers. I'd want to be a werewolf if I had to pick one. A werewolf? <laughs> yeah, the werewolves are so much cooler. Why? Because you could transform into a giant dog. Yeah, and run in the <laughs> snow and be really fast and scare people with your teeth and not have to talk. Exactly. Those vampires like were they had the red eyes. They were really, really pale. They glisten pale, though. They're they really glisten pale. in the sunshine. Yeah, they they can they can read minds and they can do all that cool mm. stuff. Yeah, they did have a lot of superpowers that were cool. Super strength, yeah, could be fast. Jacob was hot. Yeah. I'm in the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I'll howl at the moon with him. <laughs> well, that does it for the hot seat. You handled it pretty well. Yeah, I I think it's awesome what you two are doing, getting Thank social you. media out there, TikToks and everything. It's yeah, I look forward to them. We're yeah. trying. And, uh, I'm building out like a, a marketing community for uh, social media this year. So hopefully we can get some drivers in there to learn how to make some videos. I'll be contacting yeah. you because I think that's that would be awesome. And yeah. yeah, send us any hits, any any trends or, or things <laughs> you think me and Don L should do. We're yeah, up I'm, for it. I'm working on a, it's it's going to be like part of my Bulletproof Mindset community, but it's going to be for creators. So uh, it's going to be a community of creators and I'm going to put together like a weekly email list of like the top trends and how to film them. Oh, awesome. that's awesome. And then, yeah. Yeah. So because there's a lot of different tools you can utilize to find top trending things. And then, I mean, it's one thing to find it, but how do you actually make it? That's mm-hmm. the a lot of people that struggle with. So that's one of my goals this year is to help people with step up their content and roy you want to help us with our merch i'm wearing some right now hot to try. I made oh, these. Yeah. oh that's cool what color what colors you got they're like a purple. purple we're going with the really girly side of things because the industry doesn't really we have ladies in racing but we don't have like any media voices and yeah so we went real our our little horse has eyelashes like donnell <laughs> <laughs> That's me as a horse. It is. A little bougie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you guys very much. All right. We'll thank talk you. to you later. You're welcome. 
Bye. See y'all. See y'all. Thank you to the Pennsylvania Horse Breeders Association. Pennsylvania's breeding industry has ranked in the top 10 in the nation for the past 20 years by the number of registered foals produced. Pennsylvania's breeding program is the forefront of lucrative breeding programs. There's plenty of opportunity to earn here in Pennsylvania. Visit pabred.com to learn more about the Pennsylvania Horse Breeders Association and breeding here in Pennsylvania. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode of Hot to Trot. We had a blast with Nick and Roy today. We hope you guys learned something too. Get out there, make some TikTok. Who cares what people think is what I'm taking away from it. Thank you, Nick. I am going to build myself up and start dancing better. I just know it. And if I don't dance better, I'm going to post it anyway because it's funny. Exactly. As soon as we're done with this episode, I'm going to make videos and you guys enjoy all our TikToks after this episode. So, And message us to get the merch. Yeah, get our merch. Make sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. And of course, if there's someone you want to see on the show or questions you want to ask, just message us or visit us online, Penn Horse Racing. And we'll see you for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And thank you to the Standard Bread Breeders of Pennsylvania for sponsoring Hot to Trot. We'll see you next time.